Welcome America. Fasten your seatbelts. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Ex-Space Force Commander speaks the truth and nobody wants to hear it. Germany is teaching we Americans the right way to censor people. <laughs> and Michael Moore, a Trump supporter? Look, Fetterman's weird enough. I don't think I can take Fetterman and Michael Moore flipping to the right side. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. That would be me. Good morning, America, or whatever time you may be watching the show. If you are with me now, you are live on Rumble across the country, across the planet, across the world. Welcome in, and thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. It really does mean the world to me. Thank you, uh, honestly. Uh, we really appreciate you helping to support the show. The easiest free way to do that is simply to follow. Hit that green follow button down there, and that's it. That's all it takes. Otherwise, you can buy something from one of our sponsors. Speaking of which, what a great segue, Blackout Coffee. If you want a new coffee experience that is unlike anything you've ever had before, then this is the way to go. Blackout Coffee. Be awake, not woke. This coffee is amazing. They work with local co-ops and American farmers. This is a 100% American company and they make the best coffee, which is really what it's all about. You want a great product when you buy from a company? This is a great product. Brutal Awakening is one of the many roasts they've got. Morning Reaper, espresso blends, all kinds of signature blend coffees. Also, our partner roast, 2A, which, by the way, stands for Second Amendment. Uh, no compromise. This is the coffee company that will absolutely blow your socks off. Always full-flavored, full-bodied, never bitter. They do have a line of flavored coffees there, like cinnamon French toast, chocolate cherry, uh, single-serving coffee pods. If that's how you make your coffee, they can do that for you, too. Big five-pound bags if you're into coffee like I am. Hoodies, shirts, bunch of merch over there. Check them out. Endorsed by not only the Jay Sheldon Show, but the Dan Bongino Show, Charlie Kirk, Guns and Gadgets, Benny and uh, Benny Show. All kinds of great folks here, including us here at the Jay Sheldon Show, who I'm telling you, just give them a try. Try a single bag of coffee and give it a chance. You will be back for more because it's just that good. And as I said, as I says, this company supports America, our values, honesty, integrity, family values. They're what it's all about in addition to making a great cup of coffee. And got you that great discount at checkout. When you place your first order, use the promo code J20, J-A-Y-20, and that will get you 20% off your first order at checkout. J-A-Y-20 is the promo code to use for Blackout Coffee. We love these guys. Thank you, Blackout Coffee, for being a part of the show and helping to sponsor our, uh, our program. Give them a try. All right. The former, and he's former for a horrific reason, but nevertheless, he is the former commander of the United States Space Force. Uh, 
By the way, have I ever said that I love the idea we have a space force now? Started by Trump, of course, but it just so much makes sense. I love the idea we have a space for as a force. Anyway, the ex-commander has said, I am here to testify about the ongoing Marxist-inspired efforts to subvert and weaken our American society. This is a little long, but it is worth your time. You've got to listen where this guy's coming from and exactly what he has to say. My name is Matt Lohmeyer, and I'm an Air Force Academy graduate, former F-15C fighter pilot, and was a lieutenant colonel and commander in the Space Force. In 2021, I was fired from my command for writing a book trying to reverse the trend of the overt politicization of the uniformed services. Specifically, I criticized the military's diversity, equity, and inclusion trainings, which at my own base were illegally occurring despite an executive order from the Commander-in-Chief. The diversity, equity, and inclusion industry is steeped in critical race theory and is rooted in anti-American Marxist ideology. I watched DEI trainings divide our troops ideologically and in some cases sow the seeds of animosity toward the very country they had sworn an oath to defend. Before writing that book, I submitted a formal written complaint to the Space Force Inspector General's office detailing that such violations were occurring, including illegal race-based discrimination, but my complaint was never investigated and was later dismissed by then Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting, whom the Senate just confirmed for his fourth star. After two months, I received a written dismissal of my complaint from General Whiting. Personally, I have always advocated for a non-political military work environment. Today I'm here to testify about the ongoing Marxist-inspired efforts to subvert and weaken our military and broader American society. We often refer to these efforts as wokeism, but it is also a culture war. Yet even in this committee, there are differing views about whether there is such a thing as a culture war underway. Some members of this committee have been outspoken critics of DEI initiatives to include CRT, drag shows on military bases, trans activism, LGBTQ pride celebrations, and woke military recruiting videos, all things that are visible components of an ongoing culture war. Ranking member Garcia, as he just mentioned, on the other hand, and asserted as recently as two weeks ago, says that the culture wars are quote-unquote phony and are merely a political talking point of Republicans. There you go. There's more to that. It goes on for a while. I encourage you to listen, spread it, share it on your social media accounts. This guy is the former commander of Space Command, and uh, he's just calling it like he sees it. This whole DEI thing, we said it before a thousand times, we'll say it again. Obviously, ultimately, it is going to get someone killed. It has no place in any workplace and it sure as hell has no place in our military. The last place on earth anything to do with this Marxist bullshit DEI crap is our military, who ought to be trained to kill people who are our enemies when we are at times of war. Not whether you look good in size 10 pumps, and a glitter dress, and a fake wig, or who you love, or what your pronouns are. They should be trained to kill people 
full stop. This guy spoke out against it. And of course, that's why now he is ex-Space Force commander. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Matthew Lohmeyer is his name. Remember that name. Space Force Commander. Here, there's, uh, there's another link I put in our show notes. He was fired. And here's five fast facts you need to know. This is from Heavy.com. Odd website, but nevertheless, there he is. I think he looks better without the beard. U.S. Space Force Commander fired from his position leading the 11th Space Warning Squadron after making political comments on a conservative podcast. This was before this testimony in front of Congress. They removed him from his post May 15th, 2021. He appeared on a podcast for, to promote a book he wrote called uh, uh, Claims Marxism Ideologies Are Becoming Prevalent in the U.S. Military. Oh yeah, that's exactly where we need Marxist ideologies, in our military. 39 years old, Lohmeyer transferred to the Space Force in October 2020, 14-year career in the Air Force. Wow. Commanding 11th Space Warning Squadron at Buckley Air Force Base in Colorado. Comments made by him in a RIA podcast initiated a command-directed investigation on whether those comments constituted prohibited partisan political activity. The news site reports Lohmeyer is on an unspecified temporary assignment, which means he's fired without being fired. Wow. There's the book, Irresistible Revolution. You want to check it out? He appeared on the podcast, and the next thing you know, he's gone. Graduated from the Air Force Academy 2006, fighter pilot, flight instructor, then transferred to Space Force. Great publicity shots there, by the way. Arizona native, converted to the Mormon church when he was 14. Excommunicated along with his wife in 2015 after joining the Denver Snuffer movement. Don't know what that is. Don't want to know. <laughs> Among the Space Force officers who received a Thanksgiving call from President Trump. And he wrote a paper in 2020 about the new military branch. Wow. And he's been defended by right-wing pundits and some Republican politicians, including Representative Matt Gates, who called him a patriot telling the truth. Absolutely. And look at the way the truth gets you treated. It's amazing anybody stands up and speaks the truth these days. It just shows you, especially today, not today, but today, what kind of balls it takes to speak up speak out, become a whistleblower, speak the truth, which of course is the last thing anybody on the left wants to hear, which is why they want to call us misinformation people, disinformation, 
It's not misinformation. It's just the truth. The truth you don't want anyone to hear. We're going to keep on speaking it. We've got Rumble. We've got X. few other outlets where the truth still prevails. And it will continue. And you will not stop it. Wide Awake Media's got a great X post. John Kerry's daughter, Vanessa Kerry. Boy, these families, you know, Hunter and his oatmeal-brained father, Vanessa Kerry and her lurch father with this climate crisis crap and now guess what they're twisting it into this is how they're going to get you they're just telling you right out loud what they're doing the climate crisis is actually a health crisis oh yeah you think I'm kidding I'm not kidding she says it right out loud. Take a listen. I cannot think of a topic more urgent, actually, than the intersection of climate change and health. And I apologize that my to some folks. Um, the climate crisis is a health crisis, fundamentally. And that actually mm -hmm. means it is a crisis, therefore, also of our stability, our security, our economic growth, and our fundamental future as a globe. When we think about it, health is fundamental to everything that we are trying to do. The country, like Zambia, is now shutting down its schools because of a cholera outbreak that is from increased rainfall. In, mal in malaria is spreading in areas where it's been eradicated or removed in many of these countries. We are losing progress against our sustainable development goals. We have put billions of dollars towards those goals and we're truly losing progress. So you see what they're trying to do? You see where they're going with this? And they're telling you their plans right out in the open. I'm not making it up, this is her words. This is her speaking. They're going to take this climate crisis, they're going to make it a medical health crisis, and then they've got control over you just like they did with the pandemic. Get your shots, wear a mask, useless masks. Stay home, lock down, can't go out, can't go here. Two meter distance between people. They are just telling you what they're going to do. It's right there. The link to that clip is in our show notes. You can find out more about it. And uh, I think you should. I think you ought to check it out. You ought to spread that word around. You ought to make comments about it. Seriously, folks, if we don't do something, nobody's going to. It's up to us. It's come down to this. Sadly, it has come down to this. It is time for you and I to take the banner and run with it. It's the only way it's going to happen. We cannot depend on other people. Trust me on this. Once they've turned this bullshit climate crisis into a bullshit health crisis, that open, you know, the WHO and all of that crap, it is a slippery, slippery rabbit hole slope you do not want to fall down. All right. 
Give me just a minute here to tell you about one of our other sponsors, and that would be NordVPN. In this digital age we live in, your privacy, your data, your personal information, more important to protect it than ever, ever, ever before. NordVPN is the perfect solution to protecting your online privacy. There you can browse the web securely, privately, without worrying about hackers, snoopers, even your own ISP. The people you pay for your internet service are stealing your data and selling it off to marketers. Our military-grade encryption at Nord, uh, NordVPN ensures that your data stays safe and confidential. When you sign up for a single NordVPN account, you can hook up to six devices with a single account. Oh, yeah. It's not just one for your phone and you're done or one for your laptop. You can hook up up to six devices with NordVPN. And not only do they protect your privacy, all of your personal data, your contact information, your address, your phone, your IP address, where you're located. It will also open up a world of entertainment and web for you that you may not be able to access from wherever you are. Over 6,000 servers in more than 59 countries Access your favorite shows, content, streaming services with NordVPN from anywhere in the world. Protect your family, your friends, get everybody on an account there with NordVPN. And if you use the special link in our show notes, it's down there in the show notes, you will get 63% off. That amounts to about four bucks a month. What? That's like less than a cup of coffee every month. You can't afford not to be hooked up to a VPN. Look, I know there are free ones. They don't work very well. They limit your bandwidth. They're slow. They're quirky. Get NordVPN, four bucks a month, and you've got yourself a hell of a deal from the Jay Sheldon Show and NordVPN. Uh, do use the link in our show notes. Check it out. Get yourself a VPN today and get yourself protected more important than ever before. By the way, if you're not a big techie, don't worry about it. You put the app on your phone or your laptop, you click one button, you're protected. That's all it takes. Click one button, you are protected with NordVPN. All right. Thank you, NordVPN. Appreciate you being part of the show and helping to sponsor the program. Uh, what else we got? Oh, we got, we got a lot of crap going on tonight. The FBI back in the news again. And it ain't good news, but then again, it's the FBI. So when is it ever good news? <laughs> Sorry, blackout coffee break. Surveillance overreach. This is from Reclaim the Net. This is incredible. This is... I, I'm almost speechless, but thank God I'm not because I wouldn't have a show. The federal investigators are asking banks to search transactions using the keyword MAGA and Trump. No, I'm not kidding. Banks can do searches just like you do them on your favorite search engine. And you can use keywords. These communist Nazi federal investigators are asking banks to do searches for transactions related to Trump and MAGA. Wow. 
House Judiciary Committee just raised concerns about federal investigators intruding into our private financial lives. Federal investigators instructed banks to filter customer transactions using politically related terms. These are federal investigators. Why does this not surprise anybody? Surprise you? Don't surprise me. Part of an investigation into the January 6th kerfuffle exposed by the House Judiciary Committee. Potential alarm doesn't end there. Even purchases of religious texts are seen as indicative of extremism. To buy a Bible, you're an extremist. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. You buy some, you know, religious books, you're an extremist. Committee further reported, investigators suggested banks filter transactions using keywords with the names of popular merchandise stores, including Dick's Sporting Goods, Bass Pro Shops, among others. Un- be freaking leavable. There's a message here from Jim Jordan. You can read that. It's in the link in our show notes. The meticulous oversight undertaken by the House Judiciary Committee and its subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government, boy is it, focused on federal law enforcement's acquisition of information about you and me, U.S. citizens, without legal procedures as well as its engagement with the private sector. This is the federal investigators going to the private sector and demanding them to give them information using search parameters about your bank accounts, my bank accounts, that have the word Trump, MAGA, Dick Sporting Goods, could be firearms, whatever it might be. And religious texts keep that in mind the next time you want to buy a new bible these people have gone off the rails gone off the rails think maybe it's something time to do something about it now please please get a hold of your representatives let them know how you feel about this ask your representatives what are you doing to fight against this kind of crap. They better be doing something, and you better let them know you're watching and you vote. I was mentioning before about how the left sees disinformation as simply the truth, things they don't want you to know about. Germany has become an absolute hellhole when it comes to censorship. They're right up there with Ireland these days. You know about Ireland and all that crap. Well, from uh, Newsbusters, the Biden administration is taking lessons on how to censor people more effectively. From the Germans. No, I'm not kidding. How the Biden administration pushed German censorship to American teachers. Yeah. 
MRC censorship investigation project uncovered the Biden administration's latest efforts to keep you and I silent. Using FOIA, state public record laws, and other investigative tool, tools, MRC has learned the State Department and the Department of Homeland Security have funded a censorship effort that trains teachers to inoculate students against conservative ideas. Remember our number one rule on this show, leave the kids alone. Now they're digging in their brains. It also trains educators to turn children into little mini activists. How to use censorship tools across the nation. This is the Biden administration doing this, using this German system. And trust me, censorship in Germany, you don't want to know. Absolutely frightening. State Department trained educators on how to inoculate students against ideas not approved by the left. In other words, the truth. State Department seminars detailed how to put censorship tools, advance, and news guard into American classrooms. Co-hosted by a German government institution and focused on bringing German indoctrination strategies into American classrooms. You must read this article. It is frightening. It will open your eyes. I know, I know, my audience, they're already open, but trust me, there's things going on behind the scenes they don't want you to know about. That's why I dig them out and bring them to you. Send you the links in our show notes so you can check them out and share them out there yourself. Man. Can I have a show of hands, please? How many people watch CNN? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody out there? No? Nobody? Okay. That's kind of what I thought. Uh, if I happen to be on in an airport somewhere, I guess perhaps maybe there's one or two people raising their hands, but that's just simply because the TVs are on with CNN playing and they can't change the channel. Well, the CEO of CNN has a brilliant idea. He's lost viewers. He gets no viewership at all 24 hours a day on his news channel. And now he thinks maybe it's a good idea to charge you for it. The new, <laughs> the new CNN CEO is outlining his digital strategy and he hints at a subscription product. Oh yeah. Yeah, first of all, pal, you might want to have a shave. That, you know, five o'clock shadow beard look just doesn't do it for you. Not at your age. 
Second of all, apparently you're an idiot. How the hell did you get the job of CEO at CNN? Then again, uh, kind of figures. Months after being named the new CEO of CNN Worldwide, Mark Thompson unveiled a strategy for bringing the decades-old cable news network into the digital era, you think? CNN's linear TV business, massively profitable, although I don't know why anybody would spend a dime on advertising on that station. The network's TV revenues have faced terminal decline, cord-cutting increases. In a detailed staff memo, Thompson, a former New York Times BBC executive, said the Times and CNN alum Alex McCullum will lead a team, quote, more singly-minded focused on developing the products and the subscriptions and other relationships with users that'll make CNN indispensable to younger audiences. <laughs> yeah, I can see all the 18-year-olds who are going to be watching CNN. I'm sure of it. They're working towards the network's new digital product. Yeah. Pal, let me give you a little bit of advice from an absolute nobody who has no degrees in business or anything like that whatsoever and doesn't know a damn thing about business. Barely balance a checkbook. Give it up. Quit while you're ahead. Take your little bonus and go home. There is nothing, nothing you can do that will get you viewers when your network continues to lie, promote pee-pee hoaxes. Uh, seriously, no one takes you seriously. You live in a clown world. And that isn't going to change. So unless you are ready to do some absolute wholesale, top-to-bottom change, which ain't gonna happen, just might as well get out now while the getting's good. Whatever you think is going to happen. Hey, what the hell happened to Michael Moore? You remember Michael Moore, this liberal left-wing crackpot moron? We just did a story about John Fetterman making sense, having some very conservative attitudes regarding a lot of different uh, projects and ideas. Now this from Michael Moore in Michigan that are planning to vote for Trump. And um, they're not, they don't necessarily like him that much. And they don't necessarily agree with him. They're not racist and rednecks or they're actually pretty decent people. And so I wanted to sort of, after talking to a number of them, I wanted to sort of, I wanted to write this and Donald Trump came to the Detroit Economic Club and stood there in front of the Ford Motor Executive and said, if you close these factories as you're planning to do in Detroit and build them in Mexico, I'm going to put a 35% tariff on those cars when you send them back and nobody's going to buy them. It was an amazing thing to see. No politician, Republican or Democrat, had ever said anything like that to these executives. And it was music 
to the ears of people in Michigan and Ohio and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, the Brexit states. You live here in Ohio, you know what I'm talking about. Whether Trump means it or not is kind of irrelevant because he's saying the things to people who are hurting. And it's why every beaten down, nameless, forgotten working stiff who used to be part of what was called the middle class loves Trump. He is the human Molotov cocktail that they've been waiting for. That goes on, and it's amazing. Michael Moore seriously supporting Donald Trump. It just gets better. The link is in our show notes to that X post. And like I said, please do share it out. Let people know. I, I don't know what he's up to. I don't trust Michael Moore as far as I could throw him, and he's a big guy. But when we see something where somebody kind of, you know, like I did with Fetterman when he came out with this kind of, wow, where the hell did that come from, left field? Right field, as the case may be. I'll put it up here because it's important you know where these people's heads are at, especially if they change their minds. All right, some shocking footage out of the South and our border crisis. Uh, this kind of related to that. It's from Utah, though. Shocking footage been released that shows the Utah police finding two young girls alive stuffed inside 50-gallon barrels at the property which is belonging to, to doomsday cult pedophiles. This is heartbreaking. These girls, their faces are blurred out in the video. I'll play it for you in a minute. The incident took place in 2017, a long time ago. But this video footage was only recently released. That's how long they've kept a lid on this story. Schaefer currently serving a 26-year-to-life prison sentence for child rape and abuse. Colharp, 25-plus years in prison for sodomy and child bigamy. The girls reportedly four years old and seven years old. Folks, this is heartbreaking. They were found inside 50-gallon barrels. And two other girls were found in an abandoned trailer. The girls apparently spent over a day outside in freezing temperatures. These are the two scumbags, absolute scum of the earth. And this is the body cam footage of when they found these girls. They left them in a blue barrel. Hey, hey, hi. Are you? What's the matter? Who's gone? Where's your sister? What's her name? You're done. Oh my God. You're. Where You're is. censored all the names and things. Where's the other two girls? Um, Container. Which one? The red one. The, one of these? No. Um, a storage container very far away. 
Let Cedar, one of you 15. Here, Is it that one? Correction, I need command. There's another girl in that barrel. Is she okay? Are you doing okay in there? Okay, you want to come out here? Let's, let's get you over one of our trucks and get you warm. Okay? Command, one of you 15. Okay. I haven't got a radio so cell phone going. Okay, are you cold? Look at that. Like I said, this happened 2017, but they only just now have released this body cam footage in this case. This is insane. Absolutely frightening. Goes on for a while, that body cam footage. Eventually the girls go into the, uh, the officer's truck to warm up because it's cold out there. But that's, wow, that's beyond the pale. I mean, great news. Great news that uh, they were rescued. Thank God for that, and thank God they found them alive. Those two and two other girls, I might add. Wow. All right. Hey, you know, we used to do a uh, Miko update on our show. Miko is our little four-year-old Shiba Inu baby. She's crazy. We love her to pieces. She bit me the other night. I mean, I guess I kind of deserved it, but uh, I was mucking around with her food, and she's very resource-guarding. Anyway, <laughs> she loves playing with everybody and anything. Cats, other dogs, bugs she finds, geckos, whatever, butterflies, cats. Cats are the funniest because when she wants to play with a cat, the cat doesn't get it. Other dogs will kind of get it and, you know, play with her. Cats think that she's like in attack mode and they're going to kill them and tear them apart. She's not. She just wants to play. I found this. I don't have a, I wish I had video of Miko doing this, but this is exactly what she does. A lot of Shibas do this. Again, this is not Miko. It looks exactly like Miko. But check out. Miko trying to play with this cat. Watch this. <laughs> Look at this. Boom. <laughs> and the cat's not putting up with any of her crap either. Right back at it. This spin thing. I don't know what this is. Miko does it all the time. Whenever she's excited, she does this spinny thing. And off she goes. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Uh, we always end with some funny or cute or awe-inspiring little clippy thing there. So there you go. There's your funny clip for the night. It's adorable. <laughs> yes, and one of these days I will get Miko back on the show. She used to occasionally come up and sit in my lap for part of the show. We haven't done that in many, many months, so... We will do that once again one of these days. All right, let's get on with our book. We read books here. We've done the children's literature for quite a while. And uh, right now we are headed towards the end of Treasure Island, Robert Louis Stevenson. Also in our show notes, don't forget, we have a, uh, we have a link to a great documentary about Robert Louis Stevenson who wrote Treasure Island. Uh, first published back in 1882, and uh, it's great. In fact, it seems as though part of 
Treasure Island may very well be autobiographical, so maybe that treasure still exists out there somewhere. It's never been found. Here we continue on chapter 25 of Treasure Island. And then I lashed the tiller, went below to my own chest where I got a soft silk handkerchief of my mother's. With this, my aide hands bound up the great bleeding stab he'd received in the thigh after he'd eaten a little and had a swallow or two more of the brandy. He began to pick up visibly, sat straighter up, spoke louder, clearer, and looked in every way another man. The breeze served us admirably. We skimmed before it like a bird, coast of the island flashing by, the view changing every few minutes. Soon we were past the highlands, bowling beside low sandy country, sparsely dotted with dwarf pines. Soon we were beyond that again, had turned the corner of the rocky hill that ends the island on the north. I was greatly elated with my new command and pleased with the bright, sunshiny weather and these different prospects of the coast. I had now plenty of water, good things to eat. My conscience, which had smitten me hard for my desertion, was quieted by the great conquest I had made. I should, I think, have nothing left me to desire but for the eyes of the coxswain as they followed me derisively about the deck and that odd smile that appeared continuously on his face. It was a smile that had in it something both of pain and weakness. A haggard old man's smile, but there was, besides that, a grain of derision, a shadow of treachery in his expression as he craftily watched and watched and watched me at my work. Chapter 26, Israel Hands The wind, serving us to a desire, now hauled into the west. We could run so much easier from the northeast corner of the island to the mouth of the north inlet, only as we had no power to anchor, dared not beach her until the tide had flowed a good deal further, time hung on our hands. The coxswain told me how to lay the ship to after a good many trials, I succeeded and we both sat in silence over another meal. Captain, he said at length, with that same uncomfortable smile, here's my old shipmate, O'Brien. Suppose you was to leave him overboard. I ain't particular as a rule, and I don't take no blame for settling his hash, but I don't recommend him ornamental now, do you? I'm not strong enough. I don't like the job, and there he lies for me, said I. Well, this here's an unlikely ship, the Hispaniola, Jim, he went on, blinking. As a power of men been killed in this Hispaniola, sight of poor seamen dead and gone since you and me took the ship to Bristol. I never seen such dirty luck, not I. There was this here O'Brien, now he's dead, ain't he? Well, now, I ain't no scholar, and you're a lad, as you can read and figure, and, to uh, put it straight, do you take it as a dead man is dead for good, or do we come alive again? You can kill the body, Mr. Hands, but not the spirit. 
must know that already, I reply. O'Brien there is in another world and may be watching us. Ah, says he, well, that's unfortunate. Appears as if he's killing parties uh, was a waste of time. However, some ever spirits don't reckon for much by what I've seen. I'll chance it with the spirits, Jim. And now you smoke up free. I'll take it kind if you step down into that there cabin and get me a, well, shiver my timbers. I can't hit the name on it. Well, you, you get me a bottle of wine, Jim. This here brandy's too strong for my head. Now, the coxswain's hesitation seemed to be unnatural, and as for the notion of his preferring wine to brandy, I entirely disbelieved it. The whole story was a pretext. He wanted me to leave the deck. So much was plain. But with what purpose I could in no way imagine. His eyes never met mine. They kept wandering to and fro, up and down, now with a look to the sky, now with a flirting glance upon the dead O'Brien. All the time he kept smiling, putting his tongue out in the most guilty, embarrassed manner, so that a child could have told that he was bent on some deception. I was prompt with my answer, however, for I saw where my advantage lay, and that with a fellow so densely stupid, I could easily conceal my suspicions to the end. Some wine, I said. Far better. Will you have red or white? Well, I reckon it's about the blessed same to me, shipmate, he replied. So it's strong, plenty of it. What's the odds? All right, I answered. I'll bring you port, Mr. Hands, but I'll have to dig for it. And with that, I scuttled down the companion with all the noise I could, slipping off my shoes, ran quietly along the sperry galley, mounted the forecastle ladder, and popped my head out of the fore companion. I knew he wouldn't expect to see me there, yet I took every precaution possible. Certainly the worst of my suspicions proved too true. He'd risen from his position on his hands and knees, and though his leg obviously hurt him pretty sharply when he moved, for I could hear him stifle a groan, yet it was at a good rattling rate he trailed himself across the deck. In a half a minute he'd reached the port scuppers, picked out a coil of rope, a long knife, or rather a short dirk, discolored to the hilt with blood. He looked upon it for a moment, thrust forth under his jaw, tried the point upon his hand, and then hastily concealed it in the bosom of his jacket, trundled back again into his old place against the bulwark. This was all I was required to know. Israel could move about. He was now armed, and if he'd been at so much trouble to get rid of me, it was plain that I was meant to be the victim. What he would do afterward, whether he'd try to crawl right across the island from North Inlet to the camp among the swamps, or 
whether he'd fire Long Tom, trusting his own comrades might come first to help him, was, of course, more than I could say. Yet I felt sure that I could trust him in one point, since in that our interests jumped together, and that was in the disposition of the schooner. We both desired to have her stranded safe enough in a sheltered place so that when the time came, she could get off again with as little labor and danger as might be. And until that was done, I considered that my life would certainly be spared. While I was thus turning the business over in my mind, I had been idle with my body. I'd stolen back to the cabin, slipped once more to my shoes, and laid my hand at random on a bottle of wine. Now with this for an excuse, I made my reappearance on the deck. Hands lay as I'd left him, all fallen together in a bundle, and with his eyelids lowered as though he were too weak to bear the light. He looked up, however, at my coming, knocked the neck off the bottle like a man who'd done the same thing often and took a good swig, with his favorite toast of, Here's luck! Then he lay quiet for a while, and then pulling out a stick of tobacco, begged me to cut him a quid. Cut me a junk of that, says he, for I haven't no knife. Hardly strength enough. So be as I had. Ah, Jim, Jim, I, I reckon I must have stayed. Cut me a quid as likely to be the last lad. I'm, I'm long for my home and no mistake. Well, said I, I'll cut you some tobacco, but if I was you, thought myself so badly, I would go to my prayers like a Christian man. Why? said he. Now you tell me why. Why? I cried. You were asking me just now about the dead. You've broken your trust. You've lived in sin, lies, and blood. There's a man you killed lying at your feet at this moment. And you ask me why? For God's mercy, Mr. Hands, that's why. I spoke with a little heat, thinking of the bloody dirk he had hidden in his pocket and designed in all his ill thoughts to end me with. He, for his part, took a great draught of the wine and spoke with the most unusual solemnity. For thirty years, he said, I've sailed the seas, seen good and bad, better and worse, fair weather and foul, provisions running out, knives going and what not. Well, now I tell you, I've never seen good come a goodness yet. Him as strikes first is my fancy. Dead men don't bite. Them's my views, amen, so be it. And now you look here, he added, suddenly changing his tone. We've had about enough of this foolery. The tide's made good enough by now. You just take my orders, Captain Hawkins. We'll sail slap in and be done with it. All told, 
we had scarcely two miles to run. But the navigation was delicate. The entrance to this northern anchorage was not only narrow and shoal, but lay east-west, so the schooner must be nicely handled to get back. I think it was a good prompt subaltern, and I'm very sure Hans was an excellent pilot. For we went about and about and dodged in, shaving the banks with a certainty and a neatness that there were a pleasure to behold. Scarcely had we passed the head before the land closed around us. The shores of North Inlet were as thickly wooded as the southern anchorage, but the space was longer, narrower, more like what in truth was the estuary of a river. Right before us, at the southern end, we saw the wreck of a ship in the last stages of dilapidation. Been a great vessel of three masks, but had lain so long exposed to the injuries of the weather, it hung about with great webs of dripping seaweed, and on the deck, shore bushes had taken root, flourished thick with flowers. It was a sad sight but it showed us that the anchorage was calm. Now, said Hans, look there. There's a pet bit for a beach, a ship, in fine flat sand, never a cat's paw. Trees all around it. Flowers a-blooming like a garden on that old ship. And once beached, I inquired, how shall we get her off again? Why, so, he replied, you... Take a line ashore there on the other side of the low water. Take a turn about one of them big pines. Bring it back. Take a turn around the capstan. Lie to for the tide. Come high water, all hands take a pull upon the line, and she comes off as sweet as nature. Now, boy, you stand by. We're near the bit now, and she's too much way on her. Starboard a little so steady. Starboard. Larboard a little, steady, steady. So he issued his commands, which I breathlessly obeyed. Till all of a sudden he cried, Now, my hearty luff! And I put the helm up hard, and the Hispaniola swang round rapidly and ran stem on for the low wooded shore. And that sounds like a good spot. Pop it off for today, and we will continue Treasure Island on tomorrow's show. All right. Cool beans. I love this book. <laughs> wow. All right. Thank you so much, folks. Really sincerely, we appreciate you being here. Make sure you check out our sponsors, NordVPN, to protect your privacy online. Blackout Coffee, an American company that makes an amazing cup of coffee. Please do uh, check them out. Buy something. Help to support the show and our sponsors. Really do appreciate it. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will see you all again tomorrow. You just heard The Jay Sheldon Show. Join us Monday through Friday here on Rumble. Thanks for watching. Snort. <laughs>